Good love our gracious queens Are true and just queens Their time has come United Queendom Hello, lover. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know, can I just say... Mom? That, that is my least favourite, like, Sex in the City quote. And it gets... You know, in the trailer, for and just oh, like that, yeah. they... Um, they sh- she says it again, as if it's, like, some catchphrase that we're all longing to hear. And it's like, actually, it's quite annoying. And also, she says, in the, tra- in the new extended trailer, she says, Hello, lovers. It's like... That's not even it. You added a, You made it plural. But I think that was to, like, reference it, but to move it along. Yeah, I guess. But it's like... I don't know. We get it. You, you, you think it's cute. I think it's meant to be Maybe like... it is. Maybe the masses like it. I don't know. I don't know. What did you think of the trailer? I mean, are we diving straight in? Um, well... Or should we take it back? Let's... <laughs> should, we intro- should we introduce ourselves? Because we're famous amongst each other, but... I don't think anyone knows who I am, but might, people might think that this is Sam, like with helium or something. This is Sam putting on a masculine voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm Ed Dyson, who you guys are used to me from the Drag Race recaps, and you may recognise my good friend Chloe's voice if she sings. Good love, and that's all you're going to get today. Ooh, a little bit pitchy. No, I'm and, I, and I'm a little <laughs> bitchy bit bitchy. Or bitchy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and you've been on the podcast before. We did an episode where we retold our cruise saga. Was it like two years ago? One year ago? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was two. It was pre-Cov. So it was, I'd say, a year and a half or no, a bit earlier than that. But yeah, about two years. Yeah. Which is bonkers. But we've always yeah. said, I mean, all we do is talk about Sex and the City. So as soon as they announced yeah. that the series was co- semi-coming back... I mean, there was no one else I could recap this these new episodes with, but you. Oh, so no one else answered the phone, huh? I asked seven people, and then I thought, you know what? Let's give Chloe a shot. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have. No, but we we like are obsessed with Sex and City, and uh, it's kind of in a way how we base our whole lives. Would you not say? I actually it do kind of reflects a lot. I do think it's quite weird how much we. It's not that we talk about the show a lot, but everything we're talking about, no matter what the conversation is, we communicate it through Sex and the City quotes. So it's just like, that's the language that we use to communicate rather than, we just spend a long time discussing the show. Do we? Maybe we no. do. No, like we've never, I think, so we've been friends for like 15 years or something, or like 12 years or something. 13, uh, Sex I and think. the City's been on. Unlucky. 13. Sex and the City's been on since, like, nine, 98 is when it first came. Um, I don't think, in all the time that we've been fanatics of the show, we've ever had one of those which girl are you conversations that everyone seems to have. Oh, my God, I love that. Because I think when we met, we were in our early 20s. So I think we'd already kind of had our fan, fandom relationship with the show already had the really basic conversations that people have about Sex and the City. And we just met at the same place where we just went straight into the obscure shit, quoting like (laughs) the stuff that no one else remembers and with wild theories about the show and just none of that like, are you Mr. Big or do you prefer Mr. Aiden? Or like, are you a Miranda or a Carrie? We were just straight in with like, right, let's talk about Bitsy Mufon muffling, (laughs) her backstory. Who is she? What's her, what's her story? Give her an Emmy, okay? So that, and that is a big part of our friendship. Cause, so, but I don't think we ever even discussed when did you, we find, both become fans of the show? 
Mm. I mean, I was not have. I mean, nineteen ninety eight. I was like ten. So I definitely wasn't watching it then. I think I got into it around like season three or four, maybe. Oh my god, I、um, was season three as well. See, we had the exact same、yes. thing. Because I remember,、yes. I don't know if you remember this. Season three, so you, we were both aware. We would have been aware of Sex and the City. Like you hear the name because everyone was talking about it, but we were too young to watch it. And then season three was advertised heavily on Channel Four, and it was the clip where Samantha looks in the the dressing rooms. Of the baseball, t- is it baseball or something like that? Yeah. And then that black man, that hot black man, like walks in, and you almost see his penis, and then it like cuts off, not cuts off the penis,、yes. but cuts off the shot. And I was obviously a young budding gay man, rose budding gay man.、Mm-hmm. Me too. And so I was watching it not because I thought, oh, this is going to be a camp fun show. I was like, oh, I think this show is going to have like naked men in it. And I watched <laughs> the first episode of season three, which was on. I can't remember if it was before or after Eurotrash, which I was also watching for porn-related reasons, and that is how it all began for me. Season three, looking for dicks. That is so similar. I think it was on before. I think it was on at ten o'clock. Yes, I think it was. And Eurotrash was on at eleven o'clock, I believe. I think back、um, in those days, it was like stuff started at like five past ten. It wasn't always like a clean、yes. hour, and I don't know why that was. No, it's true. But well, I mean, because I mean, each episode is only like twenty-five minutes. Yeah, and they they like knew that you would be sat at home watching. So no one else had anything to do back then, so like you you had a captive audience. Whereas now you kind of have to make it very simple, heavily advertised for people. Right. I mean, yeah, because what would the equivalent be then? Now we'd be on our phones. Then what? You wouldn't sit in front of Sex and City, a new episode, and flick through a magazine. You、I、would flick watch something. The episode. No, I'm <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I don't know about that. <laughs> But yeah, I、um, it was around that time, and then that was that. I was obsessed, and I mean, so many references would never have got in a million years. But even then, I wasn't even that interested in the fashion or anything. I was just super interested in their just their relationships, the hilariousness, the camp. I think that is one of the things that made me camp. <laughs> I think that was going a long time before then. I think that was more of a yeah, uterus make, situation. Nature, nature. <laughs> I was going to say we had a similar experience. Both budding gay men found the show, but、um, I think I don't remember. I remember I was initially obsessed with Samantha, and I remember I thought everything Carrie wore was like ridiculous and disgusting because I was like young and very <laughs> basic myself. And then I think it was at uni when I started to become obsessed with everything about the show. Because at first it was just like,、mm-hmm. oh, I'm waiting for Samantha to say something funny. I'm waiting for a man to be naked. Which, by the way, there are not that many dicks in Sex and the City. Not obviously, that's not why I watch it for no, now. No, there is not.、There's、Richard's Richard's dick, yeah. And I think is that. I think that was probably at the time one of the first like dicks on TV. So I think that was probably and quite it was a big kind、deal. of a mid air dick. And it was, and they'd made a big deal of his character having a massive dick, and then his dick didn't look、yeah, that big. Yeah, and it was flaccid, and he was diving into a pool. So I mean, Sex and the City has a lot to answer for.、Um, but then at, at uni,、um, <laughs> are you listening, Michael Patrick King? Yes, please. I I grew up thinking that things were different from how they would be. Okay, I thought that was a huge dick. Um, but at uni, I met other like-minded people who loved Sex and City, and we'd spend all day watching the box sets and going through them, and kind of just like it would often spark a conversation with friends, as in like, oh, what would you do in that situation? Oh, I could never do that, and it's kind of like formulate how, 
how you thought you were going to be in romantic relationships. Exactly. Well, I mean, we all, you know, big fuck up. So, I mean, it was kind of right. Yeah, and it happened. And that's why we, did, we were inspired. Yeah, I mean, that box set was amazing. Do you remember? It was like a shoebox. I never owned it myself. I, um, oh, I got it. I was very lucky. It was like £80. It seemed really, really... I mean, that is still expensive. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was... But it was so coveted. And everyone used to want to try to borrow it in my halls or whatever. And uh, I said, no. You can watch it with me in my room. Because you know what happens. You lend stuff. You never get it back. There were so many people... Uh, in fact, I'm not even exaggerating. There's so many friendships I know ended it over borrowing Sex and the City discs. Because it was such a thing. It was almost like a Bitcoin... Like under <laughs> underground black web, like bit groin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like the fucking mafia. People lending them out, wanting them back, and then but some people, well, most people never got a lot of their discs back, and then ended up with incomplete sets, sets mm-hmm. in the city, and um, <laughs> and I because I had lots of female friends, and they all had a ver- a box set with a, most of the discs. I just kind of got by on that. I was that girl scrounging. Yeah, and did you used to like, I used to fall asleep to it and then it would just be on a loop of like the same four quotes over and over and over again and then restart, you know, on the main menu. And my husband, Bill, because he used to like be with me at uni and he was, he still hears the loop. He was your teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have got better grades. <laughs> um, well, that would be a good thing to do actually is like, should we say what our favourite ever quote of all time is? <gasps> it's hard that because we do okay. quote it so much this is so hard I mean you, you've got a penchant for Richard quotes haven't you chicken well yeah that's a little in joke we have is that one time we were quoting <laughs> yes. an episode two, and this was when we went too far when I referenced well Samantha I know the name of all the male staff too and then as soon as I said it, I realised, wow, we are scraping the barrel a bit now. I mean, I like that we avoid the absolutely hello lover type yeah, thing. But I yeah, mean, there, there yeah. is such thing as too far the other way. But for me, it was... Okay. A... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Sars. Well, mine was always definitely, I think, one of the, my favourite quotes of any show of all time. And even though I think I've evolved past this, it still will always have a special place in my heart. Which is, um, well, there's two. I'm going to have to say two. Um, both of them are Samantha. Me too. One is, Me too. Um, I will do whatever and blow whomever I want as long as I can breathe and kneel. Which, growing up, yes, I just thought was the best iconic. thing ever. And then the second was one of my favourite things that anyone ever said, which was when Carrie was talking about sex with Burger and said she could hear people getting off the bus. And Samantha went, well, at least someone's getting off. Which, as you know, because I mean, for years I've been quoting that, whether it made any sense in the conversation. And for years, I found that you and other friends have found it very annoying. But I still do it because that's who I am. Well, those are amazing because they, I mean, her quotes are the best. I wonder if there was something in the writing room where they're like, because obviously she's like the funny one. Definitely. Um, like, Miranda is witty, but she... So, like, she did get the best lines, for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And um, My quotes aren't as, like, yours are... Uh, mine are a bit random, but um, my, <laughs> I like to... I, I don't know if I quote it the Richard you, one? But I always... <laughs> I always say it in my head. I don't know why. Um, well, I'm no fan of the theatre, but get your cock out. <laughs> Sometimes Samantha is so <laughs> ridiculous that I can't even consider She's it a ridiculous. real thing. 
I mean, she is ridiculous. One of my favorites. I quote this to you a lot. Like, there's some quotes that I love because I love, and then others that I love because I'm kind of making fun of them. And you're the same. But when she's getting shagged by the guy, God, that was so British of me. Shagged. She's getting shagged by the guy who um, is doing in, insider dealing or trading, and she's now oh, that's yeah. what I call internal revenue. <laughs> and I'm like, oh come on! Like sometimes a bit of innuendo in the bedroom, you can get away yeah. with. But that is a full. Full line in the middle of sex. That's what I call internal revenue. Can you imagine if someone was referencing your job while they were inside you? That's just like crazy. The guy's like, how long have you been waiting to say that, babe? I know. She made a note a few weeks ago. She couldn't wait. I mean, is the sex really that good if you're coming up with witticisms during? (laughs) Yeah, she's always... The other one I like is, um, this is the train to ugly. There is a one man on this train I'd fuck. (laughs) I do use that one a lot as well. I mean, literally, we could end up quoting the entire six seasons of Sex and the City because we quote it so much. Um, I mean, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't, though. I don't know if people would want to hear that. I know. It'd be very tough for Moon to edit down, I think. Let's do a poll on Instagram. Oh, I do love a good poll. Um, but mm. obviously, we are here primarily to talk about the new series, which the first episode has not dropped yet. But um, we have seen t- two trailers, a teaser trailer and a more extended trailer um so should we talk about and just like that i mean and just like that may i just say chicken i'm excited but i'm worried excited but worried i feel the same share share your concerns with the group um well i okay so i have since sex the city wrapped i have moved on to Real Housewives, and I, I maybe now have be become. You <laughs> Sorry, chicken. I promise I wouldn't. Um, I maybe I've been a, become a bit too used to kind of drama, and no. the trailer seems very gentle. It does, yeah. There doesn't seem to be any conflict, but maybe they're saving all the best bits. They don't want really to give anything away. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is It is always kind of um, a secretive process when they're filming Sex and City stuff, isn't it? I mean... They want to keep the fans on their toes. There's a few elephants in the room uh, to address. Yeah. So one of them is obviously, and you are very passionate about this, but the, the issue of the films, particularly the second film. So I mean... The second film to me is... Okay, well, this is going to be difficult for me because if they address anything that happens in the film... I'm going to have to confront the reality that it is not fan fiction, that it did actually happen. Because in my mind, the second film and kind of part of the first film is total fan fiction. It's the most ludicrous, stupid thing. Um, The Abu Dhabi, like, and in the first movie, I'm not going to go too much into it, but like, she's a writer. Why did she get all these dresses loaned to her from like Vivian Westwood and Dior? It's like, who is she? Like, Angela Jolie didn't even get that for her wedding. So I don't feel as strongly as you do. About, I, mean, I mean, I do about the second film, but the first film I do accept as part of the chronology of Sex and the City. And then the thing with the second film, I get... I mean, I remember I went to the premiere of it um, when I was first a showbiz reporter, so I was, and I met Sarah Jessica Parker. So I was very kind of in a haze at the time. So I did think I liked the film when it came out. Having watched the second film since, I obviously realise it is quite awful. Although there is some fun moments, but I get why you want to discard it. But in general, the second film, nothing really happens that is, like, 
going to be huge in terms of that needs to be referenced, does it? No, because they all are all sort of together, aren't they? They all stir together. Um, I guess, uh, what is there? I mean, Charlotte's struggling with motherhood, but, you know, her kids now will be like teenagers. Uh, Miranda and Steve. Got um, back together. Oh, Miranda was the, was the law firm thing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, the she first film was The Affair, getting them mixed up. And then yeah. Carrie she was... snogged Aiden, but then it was immediately forgiven and rewarded. <laughs> In Abu Dhabi, what are the chances? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> and then, obviously, Samantha is irrelevant anyway, because she's not going to be, which is the other elephant in the room, she's not going to be in the new series, and just like that. Right, right. And have you, what do you know of your understanding of her not being in it? Because I've heard a rumour as to why they're going to say she's not in it. What have you heard? I have heard uh, the... how they're going to approach it. I think it's out there, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but if, um, if anyone doesn't want this spoiled, this is the wrong podcast for you, I guess. But I mean, we are going into the series knowing, which is that Kim Cattrall lives in, um, sorry, Samantha Jones lives in the UK, in London, in the series, and but her and Carrie have fallen out and they're writing that into yeah. the stories. But then apparently at the end, which I guess this is quite spoilery, so skip a bit ahead if you don't want this, at the end of the series, it's going to end with Carrie reaching out to Samantha. And I think from what I gathered, the show is going to almost act as like an open invitation to Kim Cattrall to join the next series. So I think they're going to reference their yeah. feud almost via the characters, which is, I think, very weird, dodgy territory. Uh, it is, but then at the same time, women and men, but women especially, do fall out. Like, and when we fall out, of, uh, it's like a divorce. Um, so that is quite an interesting element that they've made it a fallout, and they have fallen out before. How? Because um, I heard it's about the PR stuff. Um, what is the PR which stuff? Could make sense. They 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 have a fallout over. Oh, the characters. I PR. thought you meant um, in real life. Got you. No, I'm sure they did too. Yeah. <laughs> Any excuse for those guys to fight. But in the in the show, apparently they're falling out over PR, which makes sense because they mm. have done that before. Yeah, with the blowing um, the um, copy guy. Um, yeah. Well, the thing that... The reason why I think it's... I think Kim Cattrall might feel, because she s- seems to be very, obviously very upset about everything that's happened and is taking this very personally. She's very angry. So I don't know if she will appreciate their feud being almost, in her, from her point of view, maybe exploited to explain the characters. Mm. But then also she would have to admit that they have to explain why Samantha isn't there and isn't talking to the characters. And there, there are limited options as to how they could do that. Yeah, it's so tricky with, with Samantha and Carrie and Kim and Sarah Jessica because that kind of sums up their feud. Because do you remember when um, Kim Cattrall's brother died and then Sarah Jessica tweeted like, I'm so sorry. And then and then Kim said, you don't know me. You don't know my brother. Don't talk about my private life on social media, blah, 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 blah. Um, which... Oh. I mean, bring those days back. But um, <laughs> it, it, you could also then, her argument could be, Sarah Jessica's exploiting me again. But And then, like you say, well, what are they supposed to do? They can't all of a sudden not mention you at all. They have to explain why you're not there. See, that's the thing. The brother incident you mentioned, which I actually remember being worse than what you said. I think that she accused her of, like, yeah, almost 
mocking her about it by sending flowers. I think it wasn't over... I don't think Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker tweeted and originally. I think she sent flowers in a note. And then I think Kim Cattrall responded on social media. And after that, I was like, there is no going back after that. Because that seemed right. so bad. And then she did Piers Morgan, didn't she? Then she did Piers Morgan explaining why she wasn't doing Sex and City 3, the movie that never happened. Um, mm-hmm. And she says she's drawn a line under it. She's done. And in a way, I think it's almost disrespectful for Sarah Jessica Parker and the show to still be trying to, like, almost convince her to come back via the sh- the shirt, via the characters and the plot and putting mm. it out there that she's welcome back for the next series. I mean, I would like to see her back as well, but I mean, I just, how do you recover from that kind of argument? And it's so, it's gone so deep and there's so many emotions so involved. So personal. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, because the thing is, if they're, that also is a worry because if they're leaving it open for her, does that mean that it's not good enough without her? Well, I mean, I def. I mean, I mean, they're confident that there's going to be another series series because they keep um, saying that she's wanted back for the next one, which I think is very brave because given how badly received the second film was, I mean, it was still financially successful, but I would say this series is way more of a risk, especially because it's not called Sex and the City, which, how do you feel about the whole renaming of the show? Um... In a weird way, I don't mind it because I kind of wish they'd done that with the movies. Yeah. Um, because the movies are, to me, a separate thing. And this is, you know, it's been how many years? When did it end? 2004, this, the first show. Um, it Maybe they want to attract a different kind of audience or it, it removed themselves a little bit from that crazy Sex and the City brand. You know, it's such a huge brand and it's so synonymous with, I think now, um, kind of superfluous things like shoes and New York City uh, that maybe they want to pull it back a little bit and make it more of a kind of drama again, like with comedy. Because so, there's such strong TV being made now, you know? But then the trailer is filled with, shoes fashion and new york so i mean oh you're so right i mean i get it because like i think it's good in a way because by renaming it what they've done which is clever is it won't be as compared to sex in the city it's like this is a new beast even though we know the characters and also not having samantha it's like how can you have sex in the city without samantha so having a new name kind of gets them a little bit of leeway with that however Mm. on the other hand and just like that is a title which, I don't know if this is just me, every time I say it, I have to think before I say it. It's not rolling off the tongue for me. No, and also, can you remind me, when does she say that? Is it like a famous quote? I know, because that's the weird thing, because I, I couldn't help but wonder, it's such a associated phrase with Carrie um, saying that at the end of every episode. And I think it's become such yeah. a joke they couldn't call it that and it doesn't really make sense. I think she does say it, and just like that a few times, but it's not really famous or iconic. I, I got it as a reference to the show, but same as you, I wouldn't be able to like pinpoint when she said it or... So it's just a bit of a... It's something Carrie would say, so it kind of makes you think of Carrie, but then... And it just like even written down like, you know, S-A-T-C, Sex and the City, mm-hmm. and then A-J-L-T... It's just such an ugly <laughs> group of letters. Sounds like a sandwich. <laughs> Always about the sandwiches. A-J-A-L-T, I just... Maybe it'll grow on me, but... Like a boy band. Yeah, a South Korean boy band, A-G-T-L-L-T, whatever the hell it's called. Um, so, 
we have I don't I don't know I, I I'm 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 excited but I would want to know we as we said before we we're not too into the who are you are you a mar are you a carrier but we love the extras the the the, the side characters the one-off people who do you want to come back and have you are you excited about some of the other people that are coming back? Like, we know Bitsy Von Muffling is coming back. Well, I'm very excited about that, obviously. Um, I would love to see Bunny back, obviously, my spirit animal. Yeah. Um, I would love to see... Oh, God, there's so many. Um, Mr Broadway needs to tinkle. Um, Mr Broadway needs to tinkle, yeah. Obviously, I want Anthony back. Um, I mean, I want pretty much everyone who was in the show, apart from Birgit and Alexander Petrovsky, to come back in some respect. And Aiden. I do not want Aiden, please. Maybe Aiden just to die would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Aiden died. Who do we know is coming back then? Who else? I think you know more than me. Uh, Natasha. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if her tooth's still fucked up. That's what I really want to yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I want to know too. Yeah, Natasha kind of looks down uh, in a sort of very angry way from a window. I did not see her in the trailer. Um, but it was all moving yes. very fast. Yeah, so she's in it. Um, big, in the extended trailer, big is like on a cycling, what's it called? I don't exercise. What, those like bicycles that just stay in one place? Do you think, oh, Peloton things. Do you think he's, he's going to have yeah. like a, a weight storyline? Like or maybe Mr. like big, a midlife crisis. Because then... Um, there's a scene where she like, it's like, when you like something like when you're not sure who you are or something. And she's looking in the mirror like, is this me? Fabulous at 50 question mark. I think we've um, seen so different maybe... trailers. Oh, I didn't see any of this. I saw Miranda on like a dinner date with a, was it with like an Indian woman? I'm not sure. There's, there's, okay. There's, so there's a lady called Seema. Yes. I think is her name. Then there's a lady that Miranda's always with. I'm thinking might be from her law firm or something. Because they talk about, can you have it all? I mean, that, what a tired trope. But do you think that they'll be like in a, a lesbianic relationship, like scissor type thing? Uh, I, I could see it happening. I wonder. I wonder if she'll be I couldn't uh, help but wonder. separate from Steve. I couldn't help but wonder. Just like that, Miranda is out. <laughs> well, I would really hate that, and I'll tell you for why. Because I just feel like Miranda as a character has always known what she wants and who she is and been very self-assured. Yeah. So I just don't think she's the type of person who would be like, boom, lesbian. And if they did go in that direction, I feel like it's purely because... Of Cynthia Nixon being a lesbian. Cynthia Nixon. And because yeah. they seem desperate to make, make up for what they consider past uh, crimes against diversity. Because obviously the show was in its heyday and especially historically criticised for not being diverse enough, being too white, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. So now they're trying to do a more diverse cast. But to me, I mean, I, I guess you can't win in this situation, but to me it seems very contrived. I felt like they were just sort of... It feels like they're just jamming characters in to try and silence their critics but then also i get that well what else are you meant to do otherwise they'll just keep being slagged off for it even worse now than they were then so yeah i mean because you know i think the diversity thing to for me at that time it's like well they're a very insular little group and then in terms of the men they date they have their types so you know you can't blame them if if they like a certain look um like i can't imagine carrie with like a rastafari 
Oh, you'd love to see you know, that. Hello, lava. I would fucking oh, sorry, love I that. that. I would <laughs> love. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we'll we'll see we'll see who these people are. They oh my god, the woman that Carrie's in the podcast with. I think she she looks like she does like some kind of self help, inspiration talking stuff. And then Carrie makes a joke about um, that she she frigged herself off in Barney's. What's I didn't get that at all. Is that a place? Is that like a cruising place back in the day? I did not get that joke at all. So the thing was, when did you last masturbate in public? Which, FYI, what kind of question is that to ask someone? And then Carrie says, Right, where's this you? When <laughs> Carrie says, When was Barney's last open? What a strange yeah, joke. Bar- is that the best Barney of- clothes? <laughs> so you you go into a department store and have a frig. That is crazy. In fact, now that we're talking about it, it's even crazier than I thought when I originally watched it. Like, what is this show going to be? And just like that, Carrie's wanking is a in hark a shock. Back. This is a harking back to when I used to dive cringe in the first movie when Carrie and J-Hud have no chemistry, cannot relate to each other whatsoever. She's like, and that girlfriend is a booty call. It's like, Carrie, you, no, this isn't how you speak. You, you know, you, and you do not wank in Barney's, okay? You won't take your bra off. <laughs> that is so true. Um, so, yeah, the trailer isn't looking amazing, but it also doesn't give a lot away, so we could still be in for a pleasant surprise. Um, I did think it was... I mean, on one hand, every one of the main conversations has been everyone talking about how much older they look. In particular, I think Kristen Davis. I always say her name wrong. I just say Kirsten mm-hmm. Davis. Kirsten Dunst? No, that's a different show. Um, oh, okay. She, well, she's obviously had some work done. And then I think on one hand, oh, it's so unfair. The reason they have this work done is because their looks are so criticised in the first place. And then on the other hand, I think no one's been talking about Big, and Big looks like ancient in this trailer. So I do think it's a double standard, but at the same time, you can't help but notice what you notice. No, I mean, look, I, I admire... Sarah Jessica Parker for it looks like she's had nothing I mean maybe she has but subtle but it looks like she's keeping her wrinkles um well her face would look really weird if she because she's already got quite an unusual face and that is yeah she's got really pronounced features but I love that I love that Miranda's grey yes um uh you know, the thing is also uh, Charlotte is an Upper East Side princess she would have had work done right yeah all you need to do is watch like real housewives of new york sorry to mention it again they all have so much work done um so it would be weird if she didn't i mean that these are just the times we're living in you hit a certain age you get work done but it's always everyone always focuses on women's looks um but then at the same time it's kind of also branded about their looks it's their fashion and it's their this and that and their jewelry and their hair so you can't have it both ways by the way, Maybe I always heard ginger people don't go grey. Um, yeah, I, but she's not ginger, remember? When, uh, not in real life, uh, the, yeah. the, the hot policeman, are you, uh, are you Irish? And then she says something about her, her colourist. Really? So is Miranda... In the show, are we meant to believe Miranda's not a natural redhead? Yeah, she says it's dye in the show. Oh, my God. Well, I suppose she did have that season where she had it really red, so it's obvious she was dyeing it. Yeah, I guess it's always been different shades of orange and red. God, this is the biggest gag yeah. of all for me. I know. You heard it here first, people. 
So uh, the only other, I think, elephant in the room that we haven't addressed... I am going to stop saying elephant in the room. I don't know who I think I am, Alexandra Burke. Why do you keep looking at me when you say that? <laughs> is, um, obviously, we have a dead character, which is Stamford mm. Blatch. Well, no, we have a dead actor mm. who plays in Willie Garson. Mm. He is in the trailer. I don't know if... Do you know if he filmed all his bits before his tragic death? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a Dumbledore sitch or if he was wrapped. But um, you're right. He does look like Dumbledore. Now I think about <laughs> it. Well, he looks frail. I mean, I don't know whether it's like looking back, but he he looks in the trailer like kind of small and frail. I was so shocked to learn after he died that he was straight the whole time. I actually that made me feel quite. I cheap. know that is a gag. Miranda dyes her hair. Stanford's really straight. It's like. It's the sky fucking blue. Who am I? Where are we? What's going on, sweetie? I know. I, I, I was gagged by that. That is crazy. I mean, oh, and Anthony looks like he has like a cupcake business. I didn't see him in the trailer. I think I didn't watch this trailer properly. Like you said, I do flick through magazines and stuff while I watch things. This was only 30 <laughs> seconds, so I really should have given it my undivided attention. But most of the things you've mentioned, I did not see. <laughs> well, they're very, I mean, look, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not the be-all and end-all. In a way, obviously, I do not want Willie Garson to be dead. Let's just get that straight. However, I, um, I, if he hadn't fin- finished filming, I always hated him and Anthony together. I thought that was so lazy, um, such a cop-out. So I wasn't looking forward to them unless, I don't know, they'd grown into the relationship. I don't know. I just thought that was, what did you think about that? So are you admitting that you killed him because of this, basically? On air? Well, uh, chicken, I'm doing everyone a favour, yeah. OK? I won't tell you where the, bur- the body is buried. I actually asked the actor who plays Anthony, I forgot his name, is it Mark something, um, about this at the premiere, because I said, oh, do you th- what, how do you feel about the fact that people are criticising that it's lazy to put these two characters together? And he was just like, well, at the end of the day... Um, people love both characters, but they there isn't enough time in the series, uh, in the film, to like give them both the storyline. So this is like a way of giving them both airtime. And I got what he said, and that is one of the annoying things about a film. I think they had to cut a lot of corners to get everything in, whereas the TV series is more um, has more potential to. And I hope that they utilise that with these characters because we do love them. But Anthony in the films is almost unrecognisable, really. He didn't act in any way like he used to act. No, and in the films, uh, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And um, it just proves that it was just a kind of thing for fans. I mean, look, I no tea, no shade. If you have only seen the films and you haven't seen the show... That's a very common thing. I personally don't understand it. it. Oh, um, God. Yes. I, there are, I know so many people that have only seen the movies and haven't seen the show. That is fucking crazy. And they're like, the Sex and City is so weird. I'm like, yes, because you're judging it off these women in, like, a souk. Well, that's the thing when you were saying earlier about, like, this series being a new... Um, trying to appeal to new people. I'm like, I don't think anyone is going to watch this who isn't already a fan. Like, nothing about this looks appealing apart from... Just say old, chicken. Just say old. It is, but I hope they cater to us because we are the only ones going to be watching. Like, I don't think that (laughs) young people are going to be, like, excited about this show with these old faces on it. Um, So give us us what we want. Don't try and win over new people that aren't even watching. But what do you mainly want from this series? What, what, What do you hope it does? We'll do our hopes and then... 
and then pray. Um, I hope, well, let me just say, I'd rather have something of Sex in the City than nothing, especially after these last couple of years. It's nice to have something that we can kind of try and, you know, clamour back some joy. But I want decent storylines. Uh, I want gimmick free. I want it back to how it was the kind of the a nittier, grittier, you know, um, if I don't want comedy menopause, I don't want, uh, you know, shitting yourself. Oh, you know, I, I want, well, I mean, well, chicken, I'm not talking about your real life. <laughs> That's relatable uh, and, content. And for me. also, listen, I don't want too much like wokey stuff either. Like, I don't want that to be sacrificing the comedy. Yeah. Like, if it, I don't care if it's on PC, but it's funny. That's the whole point of Sex and the City. It's camp. It's provocative. You know, they broke a lot of boundaries. Weren't they the first show that ever said the word abortion on TV? Oh, they broke loads of boundaries, and that's why the diversity conversation often is annoying, because it's like, Sex and the City was already breaking so many boundaries for women, for gay men, for, like, sexual content. It's like, you can't expect one show to, like, tick every single box. It was already kind of carrying a lot of weight at the time for what it was doing. Um, But, yeah, I I feel the same as you, and I think the, the main word you say there is for me is comedy because I think people sometimes forget that Sex and the City is primarily a comedy I mean it's a comedy drama but I want it to be funny I I can forgive almost anything if the show is funny and that's what worried me most about the trailer is I wasn't seeing a lot of funny but I mean if it goes chicken that's not true there's the Barney's joke I mean is that a joke or is that just a very weird thing to say (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Um, but let's, so we, what date is it that it starts? Is it December the, the 9th? December the 9th, which is a Thursday and it's dropping on, is it Now TV? Now TV and Sky Comedy. And is it Sky Atlantic or Comedy? I think it's Sky Comedy. Okay. I think. Well, I mean, y'all have got Google, but, um, yeah. I have Now TV, so that's the platform I'll be watching it on because I'm already watching Succession on that. Um, so we will be doing our first episode, um, shortly after that. And we hope that you join us. And just like that, we're recapping, just like we always planned. Just like that. And just like that, Chicken, I think we should have, uh, do we get a cocktail? Do we get a Cosmopolitan? Or is that too passe? Um, I actually don't like a Cosmopolitan. Um, I've actually never had one. <laughs> You've never had a Cosmopolitan? I've never had a Cosmopolitan. I'm having a Cosmopolitan with a woman who doesn't have a Cosmopolitan. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you have to have one just I'm to know you I'm having a like Cosmopolitan it. in Barney's. <laughs> and that is what I call internal revenue. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, well, this well, is already I hope you guys fun. see you then. Yeah, we're going to have so much fun recapping. Talk to us. I know it's a different thing from Drag Race, but... If you love Sex and the City, if you love Drag Race, you're with the right people. So hit us up in the comments. Like, let us know your favourite things about Sex and the City, what you're excited for. And we cannot wait to recap this. Yay! Yay! I'll see you next week, chicken. Goodbye, lover.